It's time now for the Todd Leonard Show. Leave those negative stories behind as we focus on the positive and hear from those who give back and help others. Let's start your day with some inspirational stories. Now, here's your host, Todd Leonard. Good morning, everyone. We have an incredible show for you today. Uh, I'm so honored to have Diane Grossman, the founder of Mallory's Army. Uh, this show, uh, when I was preparing for it, I knew just how important and powerful it was going to be. Um, what Diane Grossman's been able to do over the last few years um, is just really remarkable. Um, I was thinking about last week's show. We had Wendy and Stephen Sefcik on talking about teen suicide. And I was thinking really about uh, the community and how important it is to get the message out about really what's going on in our communities and about people really making a difference and, and doing the best they can to help us all. So, uh, Diane, uh, first of all, thank you so much for waking up this morning and, and getting ready and coming on uh, for the show. Uh, you know, it means the world to me that people like you are out there and doing your thing, and uh, God bless you. Well, thank you for having me. So, so Diane, I, I wanted to talk about, you know, for the folks that, that don't know, um, you know, you started Mallory's Army a number of years ago, and uh, many of us uh, were really touched by it. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how Mallory's Army started and and, um, and about Mallory? Sure. So I always describe Mallory as the all-American little girl. Um, she's the youngest of my four children. Um, she was We're uh, residents of Rockaway Township, and um, Mallory was uh, a victim of bullying. She was teased. She was made fun of. Her chair was kicked, um, called names. Her hair was pulled. She was um, just ridiculed at school, humiliated, excluded from certain activities, just your everyday misbehavior, but it continued to escalate. Um, and unfortunately, on June 14th, 2017, Mallory, at the age of 12, ended her life. Um, and it was shortly after that, almost days it seemed like um, that Mallory's gymnastics coach and Mallory's best friend's mom kind of really encouraged me to speak out and said if this can happen to Mallory a student that was just so grounded and a student that had you know someone who had great family support and Mallory had friends and she had all this if Mallory could be a victim of teen suicide and abuse at school you have to speak out and that's how Mallory's army was born yeah, you know, um, and one, you know, I never had the privilege of meeting Mallory, but everything I've learned about her, and obviously seeing everything you've done to honor and give her the the, the tribute she so so truly deserves, she must have been a remarkable young girl. Uh, I mean, uh, when I heard she was twelve and what she had endured, and and um, one of the things what I, that I was looking at, you know, uh, this morning, uh, and, and really for the last few weeks, when I was so honored that you were going to join us to get this message out there about bullying and about um, what we can all do, do together as a community to really stomp out bullying and, and really raise awareness to it, um, which just how committed and dedicated you've been. Now, you live right here in Rockaway. I do. I live in Rockaway Township. Right. You, you, you're, you're married to Seth, and you, you have four kids. I mean, I, I know obviously Mallory is in heaven now, but, um, you know, um, you're, you're a local resident. Um, before, um, you know, this, this tragedy struck your family, 
Were you involved in community activities? The truth is, not really. I mean, if if someone told me two and a half years ago that I would be an advocate and do these things, it, re- it really was not. I mean, I was active in my women's groups. Um, I own a um, small business, and so I was a big networker in the Morris County Chamber. I was active um, with women's empowerment organization, and during that journey and part of my life, that was really what I was hoping to do is inspire young girls to be business owners. So it was an easier transition when Mallory did pass away to kind of slide into public advocacy. Yeah, I mean, I was just curious about it because what you've done over the last few years is just really, truly remarkable. For those that are listening today, because there's going to be a lot of listeners and hopefully a lot of people will, will tune in and maybe listen to it on a podcast. Um, do you have a website that you created to honor your beautiful daughter? Yeah, most people, um, and, and I have to give, um, you know, props to the community because Mallory's army, you know, an army is more than one person. So yes, I'm kind of the voice in the face, but I really do have to, you know, pay tribute to the people that support us. I have an amazing group of uh, supporters around us. And so I don't think that I could be doing the things that I'm doing without the community. And it, and that's really the definition of advocacy is it takes a community. So um, you can join us. Our our Facebook page is really active. It's Mallory's Army Facebook page. Um, we're on Instagram. Um, we've put out a documentary called Mallory the Film. And so you can follow us on that under Instagram. And then, of course, our website, which is Mallory'sArmy.org. You know, for the listeners, you know, uh, I never met Diane before. But, um, you know, like I said, I was just really just so really struck by her um, uh, transparent, honest view of the world, and after losing her beautiful daughter, uh, she was so kind to bring in some pamphlets for me and a bracelet. You know, it's, it says it's a bracelet kind of life. Um, hashtag Mallory's Army. Um, and you know what? What what's amazing is um, this concept of Mallory's Army. You know, a lot of people sadly go through tragedies, and I always wonder, you know, how you're going to pick yourself up. What are you going to do? You know, I I just. I'm, like you said, floored by um, just how strong you are, your husband, your your family, and how the community pulled together. But I love the name Mallory's Army. I, I can't even tell you just when I heard it, I'm like, it's an army. If people start to tune in to listen to you, and you are a tireless advocate for, on behalf of your late daughter and, and the mission of trying to stomp out bullying and, and to really raise awareness. Uh, I, I don't know if you sleep or not, because I was, it's just now that I watch on Facebook, I'm like, wow, I mean, this woman just doesn't stop. And I, I was so honored last week to have Wendy Sefcik on with her husband, Stephen. And uh, I, I meant this sincerely when I said it then, and I'm going to say it again. When a woman goes on a mission, it's just unbelievable. Your passion is just tireless. I mean, you just don't stop. Where do you think you... You, you get that energy from Diane, just to, like you said, I mean, people that tune in and watch, see what you do on Facebook, it's nonstop, really. Where do you think you get the energy from? I, it's interesting. I, I sit back sometimes. I think that social media creates almost an image that is, because I do take breaks of time. I do take time off. And, and so I think that because I look like I'm all over the place. But here's the, when Mallory passed away, I never got to say her name. You know, a, a mother spends nine months 
thinking about what they're going to name their child. Naming a child is such an a personal and emotional journey, especially for a mother. You carry that child. You create that child. It grows inside of you. And so when Mallory died, a, a piece of me died. And the only way that I can describe it is to explain that Mallory's army and our mission allows me to spend time with her. It allows me to say her name organically, not when I'm telling stories about her, but just being able to say that. And so I think the advocacy allows me to spend time with my child in a form that's the only choice I have now. And so for me, that's where I think the drive and the ambition and all of that comes from. The other side of it is I know that when Mallory was suffering, I didn't have a place to go to. I didn't have someone to speak to. They're really, when your child is being bullied at school, Unfortunately, the only thing you can do is go to the school and beg and plead and send emails and and advocate for your child. But at the end of the day, you're at the mercy of whatever decision the public school system decides to make. If they decide to take your complaints serious, then things can can change. But if they decide to dismiss it or to, you know, make comments like kids will be kids or, you know, we yeah, will talk to the girls. But this once that happens, you're at the mercy of all of that. And so because in 2017, we weren't talking about teen suicide, we weren't elevating the conversation around bullying. I didn't have anyone to really speak to. And that's when I decided that it is time. It, it, Children have elevated the level of hate to a level that we just can't can't comprehend. Kids are no longer saying, you know, little Johnny, go jump in the lake. Kids are telling kids to kill themselves. These are invisible wounds that as adults we can't see. You can't put into an understanding about what social media is to children because we've never taken that journey. So for us to dismiss it and say that it's no big deal, we have no right to say that. And so that's really where the inspiration comes from is I just don't want parents to feel the way that we do. I think that we have to take teen suicide, teen abuse, bullying. We have to take it to another level because the kids have. You know, um, one of the things, so I'm in my mid fifties and, um, you know, I was thinking to myself, I mean, what was it like back when I grew up in Springfield, you know, right here in Union County, and um, there was always bullies in, in terms of, you know, being a guy. I mean, you know, people may say some nasty stuff, but I was thinking, you know, the world's just so much different now because of social media that, it, you know, uh, I'm thinking, well, you know, back in the day, you go home and that was it. I mean, if someone was giving you a hard time at school, it was like till the next day, it you wouldn't have to deal with it. Um, and, and now with social media, I realize it's 24-7. One of the things that you, you, you put on, um, on, the, on one of your sites is um, when someone gets bullied, your kid gets bullied, the whole family uh, in a way gets bullied. And I never really thought about that, but it's an interesting concept. How did you, you know, come up with that idea? Because I, I totally agree with it. You know, if it's someone you love, your child is being bullied, the whole family is going to suffer, obviously. But what, what made you come up with that concept? Because it kind of like rang true to me. Well, I, I think about it from my own perspective. When Mallory was being bullied and she would come home, home tearful and upset and say things like I just don't fit in they're mean to me 
that conversation took up so much space in our family because we had to spend time at nighttime. Instead of being a family and sitting around enjoying dinner, we're trying to figure out how to navigate and, and how to make the behavior stop. That takes time away from Carly. It took time away from Seth. It took time away from us. And, you know, we shouldn't have to spend time on the victim in the sense of getting them to find ways to navigate. So that's what I mean is that when that toxic energy and then, of course, you're spending so much time worrying about what they're doing online. And, you know, going back to the online piece of this and why it it takes up. Kids have this ability. They will say things online that they will never say to your face. And that's what we have to understand. We as adults will do it. We've got such courage, electronic courage. Online, we are as mean as we want to be. But in human and face-to-face, we're not always that way. Well, that's how kids are. And so the level of hate is so raised. And when that happens, you know, it does affect the family. And now I look back. Now that Mallory is gone, my husband and my relationship will never be the same. My husband found Mallory, and so his journey is completely shattered. And then I look at my daughter, Carly, who is truly an innocent victim in all of this. She, her life is, 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 a part of her life is destroyed all because a group of girls decided that they didn't like Mallory and they made it their mission every day to do nasty things to make her feel bad about herself. And there was a group of administration that decided that what level of trauma and tragedy that Mallory could accept. And we don't have the right to do that. As adults and administrators who are paid to be in a position, it is your job to make sure that every student has a safe learning environment, not just protected categories, but every student. And I think what happened in Mallory's case, because she was a cheerleader and she came from a good home and she didn't have an IEP or a 504, They felt like that she could just deal with what was going on with her. And I think that we as adults have to realize that it is not our job to determine what level of hate a child can accept. And so because of that, that's where I say that the entire community is destroyed. I've met strangers that cry over Mallory. They never met her. But they understand it through their own journey, through their own children. And I think parents are scared. I think they're fearful. I think they're worried. So that's what I mean. When you bully someone, you bully the entire family because it takes time away from our lives and our, the joy that we could have. So one of the things that you, you just uh, was talking about is the level of hate today just seems, and it also rang, resonated with me, it just seems a lot more hatred out there, a lot more meanness and nastiness. And for kids to tell their their peers to go kill yourself, there's something obviously wrong with that child. And uh, I don't know where they're getting it from. I'm assuming the parents or other folks that are coming in contact. Well, I feel like hurt people, people hurt. Hurt people hurt. And I and I don't want people to think when I when I say I'm a, an advocate for bullying, I'm an advocate for the kids that are are bullying too. I mean, hurt people hurt. And so I think the most important thing that we can do as adults, community, school systems is a Identify children that are acting out in a poor behavior manner at school and online and identify what's going on in their life that causes them to have such hatred towards other students. But the 
reason why we're unable to identify those students is because the school systems refuse to put things in writing, identify, do the HIV investigations, identify these kids that are repeat offenders, and then put systems in place to help them. And I'm pushing for that. I really feel like that I am using my voice to not only help the children and the victims, but more importantly, helping the children that are are acting out. Right. So, Diane, one of the things, once again, why I was so impressed by you is despite this unspeakable tragedy that struck your family, you've been able to really become an advocate for all the kids and the community um, in terms of you know how other students should treat each other and how the schools should respond and how we should all be really mindful of uh, you know some of these key warning signs uh, for the kid who's doing the bullying. I mean, obviously, that's the root of it. If the kids aren't bullying someone, then no one's going to feel bullied. Um, in in you know, the various programs you do, which I, I, I spoke about a little while ago because it's just an incredible commitment that you have and you're very knowledgeable. Um, you go to these schools um, and it, it seems like I said, it seems like it's almost every day. But um, why? Why have you decided part of the important um, the mission that you're on, because you're definitely on a mission to educate us all, is to get into the schools. Yeah, I I think that um, well, this just happened again. It fell into my lap. I think that when Mallory passed away, it was a turning point for many people. I think that it, I think Mallory was almost like the last straw. It was almost, we were at a place where we've had enough. I think that there was this underground movement of conversation. And so when Mallory passed away and I started speaking out, people asked me to come into the schools. And so we went to various school presentations to kind of see what it was that we needed to do. And one of the things I felt like that was missing from school presentations, a lot of it was hype, you know, loud music, be 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 yourself you know it's cool to be kind and all those things and those messages are good but i think that kids are missing the gravity of what they're doing so we went at it with a completely different perspective we're not here fist pumping everybody we're not high-fiving anyone no we're using their words we're using their language we're talking to them we're letting them see that the words that they throw at children land on the canvas of who we are and we use a demonstration of mallory on a poster and we walk them through what it was like to be Mallory at school. And every negative comment that was made, we use a black Sharpie to put it on the canvas so that the kids at the end of the presentation can see how their words leave marks on the canvas of who you are. And then, of course, we leave them with the Mallory's mantra, which is living a bracelet kind of life. And we have the case studies to support it. We have the numbers that support it. And so I feel like it's important to give the kids the real facts, the real information, and then leave them with a future that hopefully they can live with. And Mallory's mantra, we've given away more than 100,000 of these blue bands. We educate the schools. And then, of course, we have the parents' workshop at nighttime where we, where we remind parents that it is their job to be a parent and not a friend. I think somehow we've shifted and we think that it's our responsibility to give children technology that they're not mature enough to navigate. 
white. I tell every parent the real white van, the one that you're worried about, is in your child's hand. You know, we've given children this technology, but we didn't build the infrastructure or put systems in place to help them navigate something. And they're just not mature enough to see the images that we're seeing. And so I think that's creating anxiety and depression and stress in our kids' lives, giving them the ability to have a much greater reach. So six people that hate a student can now write a post and before you know it it's not just the six people that hurt them it's their 900 followers so in our presentations we educate not only the students the community and the parents and so we've had some great success with it and I think it's working but we have to understand that school presentations aren't enough I tell every parent administration the magic happens after i leave if you adopt our culture if you start putting systems in place if you start disciplining the behavior then we can have a step forward but if you're just relying on a school assembly to change hearts and minds then it's a waste of time and magic happens after i leave well there's no question you're touching a lot of lives i mean once again you you gave me these bracelets i'm going to hand these out to members uh in my uh firm and also uh, throughout the community uh one of the things that um you know i i was interested about is um how other students can be role models and, and to elevate the community elevate the student body so that um they stand up right and they and they basically show the people that are acting out inappropriately to stand up against this kind of behavior because i know you cited a study right that was done that talks about the effectiveness when the, when other students stand up against bullying what, what what's that all about diane so we have to teach children uh, adults came up with a word called upstander but we have to teach children what that means one of the things that we've identified that kids are struggling with is resilient behavior resiliency is built through our experience with other human beings not our experience online we will not be resilient if our only journey is an electronic journey so the first thing that we have to do is put systems in place particularly in the school systems and force children to be social i know that sounds so silly but our kids are not as social as they used to be so they're not outside playing they're not they're everything in their life is so scheduled and regimented so one of the things that we have to do is encourage children to be more social one of the things that they can do in the school system is create circumstances where children identify things called common ground you like ice cream i like ice cream you like pizza i like pizza you like i don't know mcdonald's i like mcdonald's before you know it, we now have three things in common. It has been identified that children will do the same thing. Then all of a sudden, now that they know that they have something in common with someone that's different than themselves, they are more likely to stand up and defend them. So the first step before we expect children to defend a child that's being bullied is that we have to create circumstances that they understand diversity. A soccer player is not going to defend someone who loves math and science until that child figures out that they have things in common. And that is such a simple and easy thing that we can do in every classroom at every age. From kindergarten to college putting systems in place that encourage people to communicate with one another face to face identify things that they like then all of a sudden there is this core of common ground and so if that child sees another child being picked on they're more likely to go over there and go hey knock it off studies show that an interruption in bad behavior and will eliminate 
bullying further down the road because then we've taught that bully this is not someone that you can pick on. It really is that simple, but it takes a bird's eye view of us being willing to step in, create circumstances where our children are social, and then, of course, educate to those opportunities. So, I mean, once again, I mean, you're obviously extremely knowledgeable on the subject. Um, after you, you lost your beloved daughter and I was reading about, you know, what a wonderful person she was and she would donate her time in the summer to camp good days and make crafts and just a really special young girl. And um, did you just pour yourself into the, the, the literature? I mean, how did you become so uh, knowledgeable on the subject? <laughs> People ask me that all the time. Well, you know, Mallory taught me a lot in her 12 years. Mallory truly was the definition of a humanitarian. She loved, um, in our circle and community of people that we knew, there were three children that had lost their battle with cancer. And Mallory was really touched by that. So when she found out that the campground that we go to supports um, camp Good Days, which is a camp for kids with cancer. She just poured her heart into these crafts. And I think because I watched her do that, and then when she, when she took her own life, I thought, I have to be that person. I have to, I have to do the same. And so, unfortunately, when you lose a child, sleep, and exhaustion takes over. And so you do. You do a lot of reading. You do a lot of research. You talk to other people. Believe it or not, that just communication, you can learn a lot from other people through their journey, through their advocacy, through legislators. And so I have spent the last two and a half years just communicating with other people and reading their articles and psychology today and all of these things. And then my own experience taking that and pouring it together, it's just been a recipe for success. Well, I mean, I mean there's no question. I mean, you touch so many people. You know, you, you said something a little earlier in the beginning of the show about, you know, the community is scared. Um, uh, I'm trying to get my hands around it. I'm blessed with two young kids. I know a lot of young kids now. And um, I'm like, what kind of world are we living in where, you know, uh, even preteens are, are sadly feeling all of this stress? and such uh, despondency and sadly at times taking their lives and the teenagers and, and adults. I mean, it's just the world. I, I, I try to figure out what the heck is going on and then I say to myself, you know, we need people like Diane Grossman to raise the awareness because everybody kind of goes through life. It can't happen to me. You know, um, we have a strong enough family, but, you know, it could touch anyone at any time. I mean, that's uh, uh, it's pretty common, sadly, that it uh, doesn't matter where you are in life. Uh, the, the richest people all the poorest people have the same issues. Um, some of the other things that I, I was kind of focused on getting ready for the show is really your core mission. And I, I saw that. Uh, I want to go through this with you kind of one by one is one of the missions um, of Mallory's Army. And once again, I just love the name Mallory's Army. It just blew me away because it's, it's an army of people, obviously, caring deeply. Is empower the kids. What do you mean by that? Well, if we want children to be amazing human pe beings, then we have to inspire and do so by by our own journey. So I, I say it like this is what I say when I mean empower kids. First of all, we have to teach them to be amazing human beings. We have to teach them how to be upstanders. We also have to teach them that if they want to live in a great school system or if they want to live in a great community, they have to be the great community. It's not enough for it to be just the parents. I'll give you an example. Every school system system 
November and December. They have a can drive. They have a food drive. They do all these things. Well, I'm pretty sure that the people that you're raising food for are hungry in April. If we want kids to be amazing human beings, we can't just teach them to give to the homeless in November and Thanksgiving because that's what you do during the holidays. If we're going to inspire kids to be great, then we have to adopt a foundation and we have to do it all year long, every single day of our lives, if that's what our passion is. And that's, I learned that from Mallory. You know, every single day after school, she would come home, make bath bombs, make hand scrubs, make bracelets. I mean, her inventory of the things that she wanted to sell was important to her. So she lived by this mantra. And so I share that with kids to empower them. What are you passionate about? It's okay to love soccer. It's okay to love. But what do you really, what really inspires you? And that's what I'm trying to spread the message of empowering kids. Well, once again, I think that's critically important. Um, the next part of, of your mission was educate the parents, which is also, once again, something I wanted all of us to kind of focus on with you. Well, what do you mean by that in terms of educate the parents? Parents have to be in a perpetual state of self-education. I'm going to say that again. We have to be in a mindset of perpetual education. If the doors are open, if there's a talk, if the police department, first responders are hosting an event... You have to be in those seats and listening because you don't know what you don't know. You know, I'm saying this because of my own experience. If there was an anti-bullying seminar at Mallory School, I'm telling the world I would not have gone. I should have gone because I could have learned something that might have helped me navigate what Mallory was going through. We can't wait until there's a tragedy to then start doing something. We have to do things now. It's okay to have awareness but along with awareness, we have to have solutions. For every step in awareness, there has to be an equal solution or nothing's going to get done. When I say parents have to educate themselves, they have to do reading, they have to show up, they have to be a part of these things. Don't wait until your child is in a situation that you're being reactive. I'm saying be proactive. Right. I mean, there's no question you have to be involved. I know when uh, there are some local tragedies and I wanted to get out there, number one, to show my support, but also as a parent, educate myself and figure out, you know, what the heck is going on with the kids? What's going on with the community? You know, uh, what can we do together? Because if you just sit on your fanny and you don't really get involved, uh, obviously, number one, you're doing yourself a disservice. You're doing your family a disservice. You're doing the community a disservice since we all have to kind of pull together and know what the heck is going on in our own world. Uh, Diane, we're going to take a short break and, and be right back. The Todd Leonard Show is sponsored by the Leonard Foundation, whose mission is to support the children and families who are battling pediatric cancer and those in need of food and assistance, women's shelters, and other important social services in the community. They also proudly support those fighting pancreatic cancer. They feel it's vitally important to help those in need in our amazing community when they need us the most. Please join them in extending a helping hand and go to LeonardCharity.org and donate now. Together, we can touch many lives. 
Welcome back. We have Diane Grossman, the founder of Mallory's Army, and we're in the middle of a really important discussion about bullying and what we can all do together to make sure that doesn't happen any further. Um, I was just discussing with you, Diane, about the mission. We were talking about empowering the kids, educating the parents, which is vitally important. The next thing um, that I was learning in preparation is enriching the schools, and I know how important that is, obviously, from your perspective. So can you talk a little bit about what you mean by enriching the schools? That's our school assemblies. We feel that, you know, bringing our story in, it's a hard story. We have a unique approach to uh, school assemblies, um, bringing our bracelets in and educating the kids, students, and staff on common grounds, resilient behavior, what bullying looks like, what relational bullying looks like, what gateway behaviors are. Gateway behaviors are eye-rolling, snide remarks, under your breath, because it's difficult to discipline behaviors you can't see but we need to be mindful and aware of them and have a bird's eye view in our school system so i think by sharing mallory's story leaving behind our literature sharing our assembly that's really what i mean by enriching the schools Right, and and just to kind of give us a little bit of a feel of this, so you know, you you go into a school, what 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 grades, what level, uh, how old are the kids? Um, the youngest we service is around ten. We feel like that fifth through high school is um, kind of our where we'll speak. Our sweet spot is fifth through eighth grade, um, because those are really touchy years. Kids are in transition; they're trying to identify who they are. This is the time when kids who used to have ten friends now have made their circle much smaller so they might have only five or six friends and then of course the seventh and eighth friends are now excluded so this is a difficult time for kids for staff for parents everybody's in transition so those are that being said i don't think that we should exclude kindergarten through fourth grade but i think that those conversations about teen suicide about self-harm about bullying that should probably come from the professionals like social workers and people with a lot more initials behind their last name than mine so i i don't want to exclude that group i'm just don't think that i'm the person to share a story of how mallory was treated but i think as a state we need to put systems in place we should start educating about self-harm as young as kindergarten the studies are out there that show that children as young as five years old suffer from suicidal ideation, suicide attempts, suicidal thoughts. It's in kindergarten. And so because of that, we don't know when the trauma comes into play, but we know that once trauma strikes a child, then they it will manifest anxiety, stress, depression, and then, of course, children start acting out. Yeah, you know, I, I've been, tr- once again, trying to educate myself as much as I can. And um, I was trying to figure out the warning signs and, and what we can all do to make sure our loved ones or people, you know, that our kids are friends with, they come over. And you you might notice there's something different or a sadness or just they're acting just out of the ordinary. Um, I think it's important to ask, uh, number one, you know, how you doing? What's up? And reach out to the parents if you think there's something going on out of the ordinary. Um, the, one of the other uh, cornerstones of the mission of Mallory's Army also is enhance the communities and obviously my show is about the community, about giving back wonderful people like you um, the idea of the show is really to reach into the community and focus on people that are making a difference and even though you went through such a tragedy to lift yourself up off the ground and this is one, once again, how 
courageous I think you are and how strong you are is to lift yourself up and lift the community up in the process. It takes special people like you, Diana, to do that because, um, once again, you know, um, it's t- totally understandable if you would have went into a shell. You didn't come out of a shell. You, you, you basically came out swinging in terms of really showing the world how much you care about the, the community, which is really a blessing. So the enhance the communities, what, what, are, what, what, what are you trying to achieve? That birth came from how the community treated me. We had such an amazing response to the community was so good to us that we felt like that it was important to pay you know respect to that. And so enhance the community is really about your law enforcement, your first responders, your library, your school systems, your board of ed, your PTA. All of these people are volunteers um, and want to be involved in the community and they need the support. We used to say it takes a village to raise a child, but somehow we broke away from that village. And so that to me is really what it's about is bringing all of us together as a community to remember that we all need one another. My need was on June 15th, but now there are other people that are in need. And so it's important that we continue to band together and pay that forward so that when we see a tragedy happen, we we circle our arms around that person so that they understand that they are not alone and that hopefully that will inspire them to speak out. Um, and that's really where that came from for me. It's vitally important. I mean, I'm a huge uh, fan of the first responder community, really active with the 200 Club of Morris County. I think we all owe a huge debt of uh, gratitude to the first responders uh, who just are there for us 24-7. Um, I think we all have to really appreciate what they do every day to help us. Um, you know, when I had the Sussex on, just to bring them back into this discussion briefly, because I was just so touched by their humanity and strength and resiliency, is how they talked about the outpouring of really love and support from, from Montville. They were Montville residents. And when you lost your beloved daughter, um, how did Rockaway respond to the community? I wasn't very active in my community. It's funny. I'm such a public advocate, but I'm really kind of an introvert. Like when I'm home, I'm home. And when I'm out in the community, I'm out in the community. But I was not at that time in my life. I wasn't. Um, I was focused on my business, which happens to be in Springfield. It's funny that you're from Springfield, but my business is there. And so I was really focused on building a female branded flooring company. And so I really wasn't that active in my community. I think what struck a chord with me is that I didn't even know that people knew who I was. I don't think that I realized how many people Mallory touched in her life. And so when I saw that, I just couldn't believe I was so overwhelmed at Mallory's funeral. The people at the campground that we go to, the very first person I saw was one of the owners of the campground. I didn't even know that they knew that Mallory had passed away. And I didn't realize that they watched her sit at her little table, sell her bracelets. I didn't realize that that act had touched them so greatly. And then to see her pass away, to see their face, to be the first face. So it was that community, not just Rockaway, but really the world. Um, But Rockaway has been amazing to us um, and the surrounding towns. You know, Mount Olive, school system, their entire district um, adopted Mallory's Army and brought us in for their district-wide events. Um, Montville had us for their uh, Montville Day where the MW Cares and all of these organizations have brought us in to 
share our story, but also make their communities better. Once I saw that, how can you not want to be a part of that? It just fills you up. Right. And, and that's one of the things, too. One of the reasons why I have the show is to focus on all the great things, the great people, what wonderful people that really are out there that care. Sadly, there are some rotten apples and everything. I mean, it's just life, but you obviously need to try to make sure that that doesn't impact your community in such a negative way. Um, some of the other things, I don't want you to think I'm like, you know, writing down everything on your site, but I was really impressed by it. Oh. Um, is You talk about attracting people in your life that make you better, welcome others in your life, and that's another great thing for all of us to try to do, right? Everybody's in their own little world, and they don't want to branch out and stretch out and meet new people and, and learn. Um, what, what kind of message are you trying to send with that? Well, I think that we like to connect with people online, but like you said, like we, we are, we think that how many friends we have on whatever social media or whatever followers we have, this online popularity contest. And as I've been going through this journey, I've been watching that, you know, our kids are getting a message from Hollywood, be yourself, be who you want to be. And I challenge that and say, no, it's not about being who you want to be. That's really a selfish journey. I'm going to be this way. I say, be the kind of person you want to meet, right? If you set yourself out there to attract people that are like-minded and represent, then you're going to surround yourself with amazing people. If you say be who, be who you want to be, then that's a very isolating journey. And I think our children are being given the wrong message. It's not about being who you want to be. It's about being who you want to meet. So I surround myself with other people in public public advocacy. I come on shows like this because I think it's really important to have fans and people in my corner that are doing the same thing. And I think that message has to be sent to our children. It's not about who you want to be in life. I'm not saying don't live your life the way you want to, but I'm saying be mindful that if you're on an isolating journey about, well, this is who I am and you better accept it, then that's a lonely place. And I think that that puts you in a position that you could be alone or excluded think the message is be who you want to meet. And if you want to have friends, the first step in having friends is to be a friend to someone else, which really goes into that vein of upstanders. If you want to be defended and you want the community to get behind you, then you've got to start first. And I think that's so important. So some of the other things I've seen on your various Facebook posts, which are, like I said, it's a I don't know if you sleep. Um, <laughs> don't just teach kindness, be kindness. And I'm a huge fan of kindness. I had the, uh, uh, Laura and Christy and Miko on. They tragically lost their son uh, a number of years ago in a boating accident. And they uh, locally, great people, started, you know, the kindness for Christopher movement. I just, it touched my heart. Those folks were amazing. And um, just the idea of just being kind. And, and a little anecdotal story, uh, my little son comes, I'm blessed with two little boys and um, they'll come home with little stickers about the kind things they did. And I thought that was really a great idea at a young age well, I to get give, them out there with the idea of being nice and being kind and being generous. Exactly. I want to give um, props to Kindness for Christopher. I believe it's one of the ants to the Kindness for Christopher. Um, 
they took Mallory's handwriting and put it on a throw pillow that sits on my bed. And I just, they really did. I don't think that people understand those kind gestures. It's so much, they mean so much to the family. Um, a woman met me yesterday and gave me a jersey that was signed by the Jets players. And it was Joe Namath's number, which had to, they had to get permission from Joe Namath to use the number 12 on a Jets jersey and have Mallory's name put on it. And I, I, I say these things because these random acts of kindness, there are no words to describe what that does. I mean, I have jewelry and bracelets that I wear because people give them to me and I wrap myself in these love. But I want to say this about the whole kindness. It's not just about kindness. You've got to, the reason why we say you've got to teach it. I think it's important that we model the type of human beings that we want our children to be. That means that when you're in the grocery store with your children on the phone, you need to be in a space of mindfulness that when you get to the register, there's a human being behind that register scanning the food that you consume and that your family consumes. Put the human connection back into that. Get off the phone. Make your children be respectful and pay that person the level of respect. Because if we don't do that, then we're going to have nothing but a bunch of kiosks scanning our food. And that's a lonely place to be. The person behind the register, just look them in the eye. Hey, how are you? I think of 9-11, but more importantly, 9-12, where the following day, where we just had this human connection with everyone and that's what teaching kindness means is modeling the kind of behavior that we want making sure that children see us hold the door for someone see us help an elderly person put the groceries in their car we don't do it so that someone looks at us and so that we can post on facebook look at me how great i am we do these things because we are modeling the type of behavior that we want our children to do and i think we get caught up in the hustle and bustle of life and we forget about that human connection and that's what that means. Yeah, it's a beautiful concept, and it, it, it's definitely um, important the respect and the um, just the humanity, being nice to each other. I know it sounds so fundamental, Diane. You know everything you say with the, the iPhone and and just the technology today. Um, a lot of people think it's a blessing. Uh, others think it's becoming a curse. Just the the lack of connection and and people don't relate anymore. The kids, you know, um, go one way, the parents another. You go into a restaurant, everybody has their head down in their iPhone. They're not even talking anymore. It, it's really staggering. I, I, I hope and pray that uh, we all realize we got to balance our lives a little bit better. One of the things that I did want to focus on, Diane, is because you, you know so much about bullying is for the for all of us. What are the things that we should be on the lookout for with our kids and our you know friends of the kids? Um, in terms of if they're perhaps being impacted by bullying, um, what are some of the things we should be on the lookout for? Well, there's two things. I want to go touch on the iPhone or any phone, what have you. First of all, our children should not, there should be restrictions, guidelines, and limitations on technology. It was shortly after Mallory passed away, and it was Valentine's Day. Mallory died in June, so it was the following Valentine's Day, and Seth asked me what I wanted, and I said, I just I want to go home and be with my family. And that Valentine's Day, we swung by a local Chinese place, Chinese food in Denville, 
um, and ran in to take our food to go. And as I was waiting for our food, I looked into the restaurant and there were families sitting in there. And I have to tell you, more than half of the families on Valentine's Day was buried in their phone. There were kids there sitting with iPads. The husband was on his phone. The wife was on her phone. And I just sat there and I so badly wanted to walk over to all the people sitting there and snatch the phones out of their hands and say, you have your family in front of you. What I wouldn't give to be sitting for Valentine's Day with my child and you're just ignoring them. Be mindful of your time with your children, first and foremost. Second, when it comes to bullying, if you are worried about your child being bullied, you have to understand that the signs are so subtle. Any changes in behavior, if your child used to be outgoing and they all of a sudden are now not as much, if they used to love gymnastics or they used to love soccer and then all of a sudden they decide for whatever reason that they want to quit if all of a sudden they come home and their lunchbox is full those are signs if a child is moody and normally not so moody be mindful of that um, if they used to hang out with a certain group of friends and they no longer are hanging out with that group, those are all signs for us to look to see what's going on with our children. What's difficult about all of this is that those same behaviors are also in the same line as puberty. And so I think that as parents, we oftentimes, I know I did it, I dismissed a lot of the warning signs that Mallory was just going through puberty. And talk to your pediatrician. There are things that are, yes, that are puberty and and in transition driven. And there are things that are behavioral that your kid could be experiencing issues at school um, during school hours. But as far as the technology, going back to that, if you think that your kid is being bullied and you think that something's going on what you think is that your kid will come to you or that they will remove themselves from the technology and that's the exact opposite of what happens a kid that is being bullied will spend more time online because they're searching to see what's being said about them online that's very dangerous behavior this fear of missing out what are they saying about me what's going on first and foremost know the apps that your kids are using know what the reviews on those apps are know what the age restrictions are know if there's anonymous behaviors like on snap chat for my eyes only know if there are places that are designed for children to be able to hide things and first and foremost your children should not be using apps that they are not mature enough to navigate you can give your children social media but make sure that the social media is being monitored and parented online and if you feel for any reason that your child is being bullied online then the first thing that you need to do is remove that technology from your house yes that is That is disciplining the victim, and that's a difficult thing, but your children need to learn that what's being said about them online, that's nothing that they can do about it, and so you have to work on their own resilience. So what you're, which are really great things for us to focus on are uh, these changes. And, and um, I guess it's important as parents to communicate and to be involved with their kids' lives and check out what their technology use is um, in terms of just what they're accessing. Uh, you, you mentioned, you know, like Snapchat. Um, that's a relatively new thing. I know there's TikTok now and, you know, the technology just keeps on changing. So as parents, we all have to be on top of the newest things the kids are or using um I, I was reading it's important to ask their kids you know not just how their day was but how you feeling mm-hmm. right how, how you feeling because um 
you know, sometimes, you know, kids are, they just want to talk, right? They want to kind of figure out, are my parents interested in how I feel? Right. What are your thoughts on that, Diane? I think that that's really important. I think that as parents, we oftentimes, in the hustle and bustle of parenting and life and, and, and everything, that parents will just check their boxes. How was your day at school? Fine. How was this? Fine. Did you have a seat at lunch? Yes. You know, they ask these closed questions, but asking your child how you feel opens up a completely different dialogue that will shock them. How do you feel today? Well, I don't really know how I feel. Oh, well, I feel this way. How do you feel? I sometimes feel sad. Sometimes my heart hurts. Sometimes my brain hurts. And I think the most important message I could give today is every single parent, you have to ask your kid, have you ever thought of hurting yourself? I think that we're afraid of the answer so we don't ask the question. But as a mother who's lost her child to suicide, you have to ask these hard questions ask it because if you get the answer that you don't want the good news is you can fix that or you can at least attempt to but if you ignore it and never ask have you ever thought of hurting yourself every child has a fuse we don't know how long it is and we don't know when it's lit and so if you're not asking these hard questions when you get the phone call that your child has hurt yourself hurt themselves How do you respond to that? So it's so important to ask these proactive questions. Have you ever thought of hurting yourself? Right. And I know the literature says that that's not going to motivate the kids to hurt themselves, that there's no literature to support that. It's just getting the communication out there as a parent so you can figure out what you need to do. One of the things, because I kind of agree a lot with, I really agree with everything you're talking about. But one of the things we just briefly touched on, but we didn't really focus on is um, this idea of early intervention and the idea of, um, you know, how do we get our fingertips on how the kids are really feeling? Because, you know, as a parent, and uh, trying to be as a, 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 hopefully a good member of society. I want to be part of the solution. It's easy to point a problem. The question is, how do you figure it out? You know, my heart breaks every time I find out a, a, a young person took their life. It's just, you know, it, it's staggering. I mean, it, it takes your breath away. Um, I think, you know, the pediatricians, um, they should ask the kids. Uh, um, you know, Steve Sepsik talked about is. Have like a questionnaire, like how you feel and not just your physical, but your mental health. And also in the school setting, I think they should probably have questionnaires just just to ask, because um, we got to figure this out, out together. I mean, it, the pain in the community is just it's palpable, you know, when these young people take their lives. I, I wanted to talk about. um well, just, can I comment sure, to that? Yes. Sure. So you're 100% right that I think our children need a mental health, physical, just like they need. We check their vision, their hearing. So we need to start checking their mental health. And I think that I am starting to see through our advocacy that pediatricians are asking those questions. They are digging in. What I would say to parents, just like you have poison control on your refrigerator, just like you have all of these other, if I have a problem, who do I call? I think... As a parent, you need to have mental health checks and have in the event that my child needs someone, who would I call? We've got to be proactive about this. So establish a relationship with your pediatrician who is in their mental health community, who is their talk therapist, who is their psychiatrist. Know who those people are. Know what their backgrounds are before you need them. As far as the school systems getting involved in mental health, 
We recently vetoed a bill in New Jersey about screening for mental health, and I actually supported that veto because the school systems don't have the infrastructure to do it. You have guidance counselors asking these questions, and they're not qualified. So the first thing that has to happen is make sure that every school is funded to have the right people in place to ask those hard questions before we start screening it. I don't want to send a message, and I don't want a guidance counselor asking my kid, have they ever thought of hurting themselves when they don't have the systems in place to help me parent that. And so we can't put the cart before the horse. And I think that that's extremely important, that if we are going to infuse behavioral health into our school systems, we're going to have to find a way to financially support it in the right vein. So assuming the school system had the wherewithal, which I think they absolutely have to figure out how to do it financially, would you support the school also sending, uh, you know, with, with trained folks, obviously, to screen the questionnaire responses? Would you be in favor of it? I would be in favor of it if they have the infrastructure in place and children aren't labeled. I think at early on, our children get labeled and then they become labeled as a problem. And so as long as there's not a label, because I think we're afraid of mental health, I think we're afraid of children with bipolar. We're afraid of children with schizophrenia. We're afraid of mental health. And so then all of a sudden our child gets slapped with a label and then they become that child at school. So I think as long as the education is in place, the money's in place, the right people with the right degrees are in place, then I'm 100% in favor of the school systems helping in the behavioral health manner. We have to start teaching early on psychology-based classes as early as kindergarten and so if they do that, then yes, I would 100% support it. Um, I know we, the communities now are coming up and realizing, embracing the concept of a stigma-free community, right? So there should be uh, really no stigma attached if folks are seeking mental health counseling because it's vitally important, especially at an early age, to uh, to be, you know, getting the treatment you, you, you so sorely you really need to help you become uh, productive and to get through whatever crisis you have. Um, we're almost done with the time, and this show is really flying by. So I wanted, I would be remiss, you know, Diana, if I didn't talk about um, the current needs of, of your Mallory's Army uh, movement. Uh, this is, uh, you know, it's, it's incredible, uh, the movement that you, you started a number of years ago. Um, I read you have a 5K run. You have a, a family day at the Somerset Patriots um, Sports Complex. W- what are the current needs uh, for all of us? Uh, and also, um, once again, what, what's the website? If someone's listening today and like, you know, I want to get behind this movement because I think we all have to. Um, can you give us the website and talk briefly about the current needs? Sure. So Mallory's Army, it's um, www.mallorysarmy.org. That's M-A-L-L-O-R-Y-S-A-R-M. MY.org, Mallory's Army. Um, and you can Google us. Uh, we're on Facebook as well. So obviously donations really help our organization. It allows us to keep the cost of our school assemblies down. As long as people are making donations, we don't have to ask the school system for more money. Um, every school system does pay for the um, assembly because I think that's important. But we're able to keep our price down and very affordable for schools. Um, and we always, every school system gets some level of grant money due to generous donations from the community. That's number one. But local businesses, you know, I always say that this is a community effort. We have something very similar to your radio show called The Parent Project. It's on YouTube and it's an education-based 45-minute show to give parents information 
information on mental health, give parents information on what they can do in the event that their child is having a difficult time. So I need local businesses to help sponsor those shows. What better way to showcase your local business than to sponsor one of our shows? It's very affordable and it's a great way for you as a business owner to get the message out. Show up and be a sponsor at the 5K. Um, make a donation and say, I want this to go to the tickets because all the tickets to the Somerset Patriots game is free to families that Mallory's Army does. So your donations help sponsor that. But more importantly, I would love to see businesses support the parent project. Right. I would urge everyone. I mean, your your passion and, and your mission is important for all of us because once again, when uh, a, a kid's being bullied, it impacts not just the child, impacts the whole f- family, but really impacts the community. I mean, my prayer is that we can figure out together that this, these tragedies stop immediately and we just come together in just a much kinder, generous and, and caring uh, community. And there's so many wonderful people out there. And I brought up the idea of there's a, a few kids out there unfortunately uh i i'm assuming they had a tough life and they're they're taking it out on on their students and um that's no excuse uh, i think we all have to work together with the schools and with all of us to figure out ways to 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 stop this uh, craziness of bullying and 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 kids being so mean to each other um you know diane uh, People like you really make me feel great. I have to say, you know, I, I, I started the show almost four months ago and I don't know who I was going to bring on, but you know, I've been so blessed and, and, and like having you on today, it, it means the world that you took the time out. I know once again, you have an incredibly busy schedule. Also, no talking. I mean, I, I, I'm sure for you, it, it, you and Seth and your family, um, you know, you're doing your best to lift yourself up in the process as well. But it takes so much courage to just talk about your life, your personal story. And I just, you know, I meet a lot of people in life, too. And I just think, it, really, you're courageous and, and you're just helping so many people. Um, you're saving lives, too. I don't know what's more important. I mean, I do my show. I hope somebody tuned in today and is like, learned so much from you. And, and maybe they have a child who's bullied and they don't know where to turn. Or there's a kid that's depressed and and. and I'm hoping it really lifts up the community because that's the underpinning. So I want to say God bless you. Don't stop. Keep everything up you're doing. It's changing the world for the better. Next week, we're going to have a discussion about self-injury awareness because it's just so important as well. God bless. Be good to each other. And I look forward to speaking with you next Sunday. 